0: Save
1: the Queen. Hello and welcome to Pod Save the Queen, I'm Zoe Forsey, I'm your host this week and I'm joined as always by our Royal Editor, Russell Myers. Hi Russell, how are
0: you? I'm very well, how are you doing?
1: Yes, not too bad, Tar. well we we have been asked by Dan to mention that we both got, we're both a bit poorly this week so we've both <laughs> got coughs, so we would do our best not to cough during this, but um, sorry to, you're not feeling 100%.
0: I know. I can't promise anything, but I will try my best. I've got my water, I've got like, my lemon sip, and um, you know, maybe I'll be speaking like Barry White by the end of this uh <laughs> podcast, but you never know. <laughs>
1: Yes. So, how's this week been? Have you had lots of lots and bits on?
0: Well, this is like the third time today we've attempted to record this pod, isn't it? Because yes, we, we've all been very very busy. Uh, we're, break- we're
1: not in Dan's good books, are we? I don't think we are.
0: <laughs> we are definitely not. No, we've had to. Uh, we've had to deal with some breaking news, and um and I think it's quite some good news actually. And uh, you know, we revealed earlier that the Queen was well enough, deemed well enough by doctors. She been given the all-clear to, uh, to get in a chopper and fly to Sandringham from Windsor Castle. And I understand that she's going to be there um, over the weekend. It was a, um, described to me as sort of a, a, a private trip. And we obviously know she's been having to stand back from public sort of royal duties out and about for a couple of weeks. Uh, because she's been she's been very tired, and I think that uh, doctors have ordered her to rest. And uh, you know the, the old phrase has been troop, tra- trooped out about her undertaking light duties at Windsor Castle, and that is exactly what she's been doing. But this uh, this sort of weekend away had been in the diary for quite some time. So she was delighted to be able to um, to go to Sandringham, and the reason is because she has invited all the family to Sandringham this Christmas and of course that is good news because like That's many funny. many other people over last Christmas we were all sort of forced away or many of us were forced away from our friends and families and uh, and the Queen was uh, forced to spend it alone with Prince Philip cooped up in, uh, in Windsor Castle so she has invited all the family down to Sandringham this Christmas. The guest list um, will be far and wide but isn't Totally confirmed yet, but I, I imagine we could expect to see Charles, Camilla, the Cambridges. Will we see a sort of a cameo appearance from Harry and Meghan and the kids? You never know, but certainly Christmas is a time for families. The Queen has um, is uh, that's very much the Queen's thinking, and uh, and she's going to Sandringham to have a bit of a weekend away, but also sort of oversee plans for the Christmas period, see the staff, be in the big house and uh, and hopefully she has well she has promised doctors that she will continue to rest before she goes back uh, back, to, back to duties but in in any case i definitely do think there will be a sort of rejigging and reevaluation of her diary because um, definitely i think that the, the consensus was that she'd been taking on far far too much of late but um, i suppose it's a double edged sword really she'd wanted to to, to get out and about um, after sort of being released from the shackles of the, you know, the coronavirus restrictions. And I suppose on a sort of personal level, she's wanted to keep busy after losing Prince Philip and being able to get out and meet people. And that's why we've seen her take on, you know, an extraordinary number of events. Um, you know, but it's not been without incident. I think that she's, she's been left. It was, you know, described in the Sunday Times as she has been left knackered, uh, but certainly exhausted. That's why the doctors have sort of stepped in. Said, "Listen, you're doing far too much." She's um, she wasn't able to walk with dogs for a couple of weeks, which she's obviously been. She does every day at Windsor Windsor Park. Um, even though we did see her earlier this week, I can't remember what day it was. Maybe it was uh, Tuesday so she was seen driving rather quickly. She it must went be went
1: out for a drive, didn't she? And she her did.
0: So she was a boat. exactly. So she was able to to, to get out. She hasn't um, been able to go horse riding. I've um. I understand that she's said that she pretty she won't go horse riding throughout the winter, and I suppose that's, you know we forget she's ninety five, and I don't think horse riding is a big deal in the winter anyway. But certainly, certainly she has sort of taken that off the table until the springtime, until the better weather, um, and that probably that is still in...
1: something. Sorry.
0: No, no, I'm just saying I think I think that's, that probably does fall in line with uh, with the fact that she's going to be taking it a bit easier and realise that she has had a, a hugely, hugely busy schedule and, um, and that coming into the winter next year is going to be a busy period with the, you know, the Platinum Jubilee events all throughout the year and so um, she needs to be on top form for those, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I suppose that's true, I hadn't really thought about it like that but there's, it's kind of what like June time everything kicks off and that's gonna be so full on with all the um you know with all the celebrations. So I guess if she does too much now and then she said, tires herself out. Um, she won't be able to enjoy enjoy all of that properly which is yeah. I guess the most important thing but it's great news about Christmas and it sounds like as you said if she's going up to get everything ready that must be quite, because when was the last time um, you know, they made it up to Sandringham?
0: Right so maybe off the top of my head possibly well surely 2019 that was still, everything was still alright then wasn't it? And yeah. So um, you know that would have been the last time obviously Christmas last year was off for, for all of them, I think they were all everyone spread out and uh, and this is the first opportunity, really, to get everybody together, uh, and and to have you know a nice Christmas because I think it's been a pretty tough time. Listen, for a lot of people, I think the, you know the, the Queen is is not um, different in that sense that she's been cooped up unable to leave Winter Castle in large periods of isolation, um, just with the bubble of staff and with Prince Philip. And then, of course, after he died, that would have been an awful wrench for her. So I think the, the sort of pilgrimage back to Sandringham, where there are um, so many, many happy memories for, uh, for her and the rest of the family, it's, um, it's, uh, it's great news that they will hopefully be able to do that. Um, and the fact is... I think there'd been an awful lot of fear, really, over over her health conditions. We, you know, after she went into hospital, the doctors were describing it as preliminary in uh, investigations and, We don't know what for. We don't know necessarily what that means. But, of course, with those initial tests may come more tests or there might be, you know, a clean bill of health. But certainly my understanding is she is feeling well. She is feeling rested. She needs to take it a bit more easy. She has pulled out of a remembrance uh, event at the Royal Albert Hall next weekend, but it's still... Committed to making the Remembrance Sunday um, commemorations at the cenotaph, so certainly that is still probably the 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 um, the one date at the moment we can be sure is as cemented in her diary as it could be. So, uh, so I think hopefully we will see her at the cenotaph for, for Remembrance Sunday.
1: Yeah, because that's it's such a huge date in well, it's a huge date in you know loads of British people's calendars, but especially for the royal family, it's like they've always done and you know they kind of really lead don't they that that service where they, yeah, they yeah, all so attend and
0: there's not many dates cemented in the diary uh mm. you know sometimes it's a bit of a movable feast but that is certainly one of them that is uh i think she's only missed it um uh, i'm going to say six times i think four of those were because she was on royal tours and twice she was pregnant so that—that's
1: oh, okay.
0: the reason she's 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 um she's had other people to step in for her. So that just tells you, out of uh, seventy years on the throne, if you've only missed it six times, that is yeah less, <laughs> less than a handful. So um, very very
1: committed to doing I it. think and,
0: I think she will she will be there next next Sunday.
1: Yeah, and again another event that didn't take place in its full form last year mm. and we saw that we you know she was obviously on the balcony but she's normally with the um Duchess of Cornwall and the Duchess of Cambridge or has been the last few years wasn't she but was it last year she was there with one of her I think it's her lady in waiting that she was with someone that was obviously in the bubble because she couldn't be with the rest of the family because they had to the balconies weren't big enough if I, absolutely no, I think you're they, right they yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah yeah so well I'm assuming the the staff at Sandring are probably having quite a or spent last week probably running around quite they've Well, they've not had visitors for that long and then all yeah. of a sudden need to get everything ready.
0: Well, I know. You know it's like when your boss comes into the office or yeah. a chief executive comes into the office, everyone sort of tidies their desk. Uh, f- yeah. <laughs> so I imagine that is exactly what is happening at the time. But it's great news that she's been able to to make this trip. It's uh, great news that she's feeling better. And I think we can look forward to seeing her out and about um you know hopefully before before the end of the year that's um that's what's um
1: and she did look obviously she did the video for cop 26 uh which and she did that lovely video message and you know she it was a, such a powerful message she did really well and she looked you know really happy and to be chatting on that didn't she
0: well, she did. So I, I, I've been at, at COP this week. I was there uh, Monday and Tuesday and, uh, and and sadly that the Queen did have to pull out on the doctor's orders from from the reception. However, I think the fact that it was, she did deliver this message, it, it, it had more resonance, I think, because it is there. Everybody was. I'm sure, the queen when the queen was make, would make a speech. All the world leaders, anyone gathered in a room, would have their full attention on the queen. But there was something powerful about it. That everybody was looking up at the screen, listening intently to the words. And of course, the added imagery as well. She was wearing green, uh, green dress. Yeah. She, her brooch was apparently a an engagement gift, um, which had a butterfly on it. And indeed, the picture behind her was a picture. Um and these things are always carefully chosen. This was a picture of Prince Philip in Mexico in 1988.
1: And that beautiful photo, isn't it? It's so incredible. We've yeah.
0: been released into the wild and he was sort of amongst them. And um and she referenced a speech he'd made in 1969 about uh, the environment and about the pollution of the scourge of plastics and yeah. And so I think that the, the speech was very, very carefully managed um, as it, of course it would be. And the reference of which, which I found particularly poignant was the, was the line of saying, you know, none of us will be here forever. And, um, and certainly because she has had her own health fears. She is 95. Obviously there is talk about the preparations for life without her here. So um all of those messages were really hammered home, and the, the the main vein of the speech, the one of the the main thrusts of uh, of COP twenty six, the UN Climate Change Conference, was indeed the the future generations that the the world leaders we all need to act now. We all need to make promises uh, to safeguard the planet and the planet's future for those future generations. And and I think that the Queen was. Um, quite masterful in her delivery of that message and no doubt it would have had um, quite an effect on those uh, gathered gathered in the room watching it
1: And um, one thing that I really liked as well she spoke which she doesn't do as much does she but she actually like spoke about the work that Prince Charles and Prince William have both been doing and kind of said how you know she was really glad they were involved.
0: Well, she did, since she was speaking. You know, she spoke of her great pride for both uh, Charles and, and William for sort of taking on the baton from to, to campaign on the environment and and taking that on from uh, from Prince Philip. And she made the point about how he, over his decades by her side, was uh, was a, a huge advocate for environmental um, practices. How he was a huge huge believer in the need for action many, many years ago. And then you sort of talk about Charles when he was making these speeches in the seventies and he was, um, he was seen as quite a ludicrous figure. And and now look where we are. He's been campaigning for 50 years, um, making speeches at COP, uh and we seen him speak it quite a lot recently he was at the G20 at the weekend then at COP um and you know really banging this drum to say I have been talking about this for 50 years and now we are in his own words we are drinking we are in the last chance saloon and i think that that is hopefully the message that was really hammered home to um to 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 some of those gathered because i was in these these summits and i saw you know william speaking about earthshot and some of the uh, the finalists who he introduced on stage on Tuesday were phenomenal people. In this speech, that this um, when the fifteen year old girl from a fifteen year old girl from India who had made this incredible solar powered cart to take over from charcoal, which is going to be absolutely revolutionary for millions of uh, street vendors in India, and not only sort of protect them from the dangers of charcoal, but protect in terms of health benefits but protect the environment as well so a lot going on a lot to digest from COP um it was a it was so big it was I just <laughs> didn't know I it's it was just a huge huge conference with thousands upon thousands of people um, and you just hope that there are real actions taken from it and uh, and it isn't just full of a lot of hot air but um we will wait and see I suppose
1: and so Charles got to meet some quite, he had quite a good few meetings, didn't he?
0: Well, he did. When he was with Joe Biden, he was with Scott Morrison, who had obviously changed his plans, because he was one of the uh, the, the world yes. leaders who we presume that the Queen was talking about. was one of the ones on the naughty list, wasn't well, he? he was, <laughs> because, you know, him, alongside President Xi of China and uh, and Putin of Russia, um, Morrison had not committed to go to COP26 until about, um, you know, a week out. So, then when he he sort of um, ambushed Charles and gave him the big hard sell about all the stuff that they're doing for climate change, I think it was <laughs> quite a standpoint. But um, it was good good to see those uh, those meetings taking place, and not only that, he was rubbing shoulders with Leonardo DiCaprio.
1: That uh, was the image. that <laughs> The image of Charles and Leo was just, you know, when you kind of like turn, I think I saw it on Twitter first or something like that. And you used to go, "Hang on, I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> what think it's did deep I... Yeah, it was and very, was,
0: uh, very yeah. strange. And he was knocking around with Jeff Bezos. Obviously, Jeff Bezos has committed two billion from his Bezos Earth Fund to um, re rewild forests in Africa, which will have a you know huge, huge effect on on what they're trying to to do at the United Nations and and throughout the COP26 program. So. Listen, a lot of promises made, um, you know, slightly ludicrous that Bezos and all the other world leaders are flying around in private jets into the climate change conference. And, uh, you know, Bezos is is saying that he only realised, you know, the need for sustainability and environmentalism when he was looking down on Earth when he was uh, (laughs) flying in his rocket. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But... They are the people that they need to bring to the table. And certainly Charles was um, has, had been very influential. There was a big meeting with himself, Emmanuel Macron and Jeff Bezos before he announced this new two billion fund. So, um, you know, Charles is liked. And you see the warmth that Joe Biden was talking to him with and he was asking after the Queen and. Charles said, you know, she was very upset not to have made it. And I think that, um, you know, Biden said essentially to him, he said, we're here because you're here. So don't stop what you're doing. So if he does have the ears of the world leaders and the big billionaires who have the money to uh, to make a difference, then, um, then you know, I think he's a good custodian for, for this uh, cause of environmentalism at the moment.
1: Definitely. And obviously we saw the... Uh, right at the, the start of it was I think it was was it the second day was it Monday where they, we saw uh, the Duchess of Cambridge and the Duchess of Cornwall attended didn't they, um, they did, yeah, was the...
0: so this is what they were standing in for for the well, we saw the Cambridges um, show up at a scouts a Scouts uh, meeting into the east of Glasgow and they're getting their hands dirty helping to re- rewild some of the parks and then it was a quick change to this evening reception back uh the, the willies the, the willies the wellies were ditched and uh, and they were they then changed into their clad rags and uh so this big sort of um the, the big world leaders reception so i think it was quite successful it was good to see you know kate, kate and camilla did a couple of engagements while up there and then um and then you know william was obviously speaking about earthshot the finalists speaking about that how um you know pleading to the billionaires in the crowd really and one of Bill Gates was uh, speaking alongside him, and I thought it was quite, um, you know, the right thing to do because he said these people are going to be knocking on your doors because you're the ones with the money. So don't be shy in digging into your pockets and helping them realize their dreams of these uh, of these incredible inventions because they are the ones who are going to really get us out of that this mess. But um, but yeah, COP finishes tomorrow, and then we will. Um, and then we'll see. You know, we'll see what the legacy is. Hopefully, before. COP27 uh, next year in Egypt, um, we will have some real sort of tangible differences.
1: And so, as someone who was lucky enough to go, what was your highlight or what was the kind of thing you really took away from it?
0: Um, what was? I mean, you know what? So, the, the, the Indian girl, um, Vinisha Umashaka, the, f- the 15 year old who has designed this, uh, this revolutionary cart in um, in uh in india it was she made a speech along uh, after william and it was incredible it's probably my highlight i mean 15 years old to be standing in a room of thousands of people incredible isn't it including you know, some of the world's biggest leaders and uh you know, um, Narendra Modi, from you know, Prime Minister of India, was there. Joe Biden, Boris Johnson, Bill Gates. I mean, it was a it was pretty heavy. And she gave a, a tremendous speech, a standing ovation. And these this is just one of her inventions, by the way. She's super talented. Um, and and I think I'll just give you a little bit of her speech, actually, because she was she was saying that the, the time had come to stop talking and start doing and um she said the point is that me and my generation will live to see the consequences of your actions today yet none of what we discuss today is practical for me you are deciding on whether or not we have a chance to live in a habitable world you are deciding whether or not we are worth fighting for worth supporting worth caring and i think you know there was stunned silence these are really punchy words from um from a 15-year-old who was absolutely dwarfed by the size of the lectern and dwarfed by the size of the stage, and um, just just you know, one more line. She said, "We we have a reason to be angry, but I've no time for anger. I want to act." I'm not just a girl from India, I'm a girl from earth. I'm very proud to be so, a student, innovator, environmentalist, and entrepreneur, but most importantly, an optimist. And you haven't seen that speech, make sure if you do one thing today that it's that because you, uh, you won't be left disappointed.
1: Sounds incredible. And as she said, just obviously the words she said were fantastic, but just the way she spoke for someone of that age. Well, I forgot I was watching someone who was so young
0: when yeah, you, you were doing
1: it because she spoke you know with so much so much passion
0: really really yeah, really, so, much, passion you know, and so much
1: confidence yeah just absolutely fantastic and um, also oh, that's brilliant then and like I said something that we know that the Royals have I feel like we've been talking about COP for, for weeks well, now well
0: for years I mean well, well yeah for year, the- <laughs> and then uh, you know supposed to happen last year and then and then didn't, of course. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, we have been talking about it for a long time, but it's probably and we, we will be talking about COP27 in a couple of weeks because I'm going to Egypt with um, Prince of Wales and Duchess of Cornwall. And certainly the the fact that Egypt is taking over the presidency is going to be a big deal. So certainly Charles will be making quite a few speeches on that and then and hopefully, um, hopefully we'll be covering it.
1: Very exciting! Oh, you're looking forward to that one. That's going to be fun for you. Yeah, to... it will be. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and they're letting me out of the house, so that's that yeah. that probably, probably good. Uh, on but plane it
1: plane, and I know yeah. it would be very
0: strange. But I think listen, it's, it's going to be it be a great trip. There's obviously a lot to the um, of of similarities between the work that Charles has been doing here and the work being going on in Jordan in terms of uh, environmentalism project, and then in Egypt, taking over the presidency. So it's all set up from COP to to, um, to go on this tour. So uh, hopefully we'll get some more details for, for next week's show and I, can, um, and I can run you through them.
1: Fantastic. That's what I look forward to. And while obviously Prince Harry and Meghan Markle weren't involved with the official COP event, um, you know, I don't know. I assume Harry would have been. Have obviously the last couple of years not happened. They had stepped back, but they did still market, didn't they? Which was lovely to see, and it was nice to see them involved in a very different way.
0: But- well, they did, and listen, I think it's quite laudable how they have uh, they set a target to be net zero to sort of offset their their private jets and off- offset their energy being used as part of Archwell. Um, how doable that is? We, we'll we'll see. I suppose it's. Um, it's uh, it's quite fashionable to of something to do. Whether they, you know, was this a good time? I suppose it was a good time, as good a time as any. That the fact there was the United Nations climate change conference happening, uh, probably no coincidence that it came the day that the Queen had made uh, a speech talking of her pride of both Charles and William, and and then not mentioning Harry or anyone, any um any of the other family members. So I'm sure that did um. You know burn a little bit and that's why they they maybe thought that it was a good idea to put this statement out but um again listen a laudable project let's see how they get to it we still don't really know um yeah art, what what art is about it's still in its infancy um obviously they've with uh, that we've, we've seen them pop up here and there but it's um it's it's a fledgling business isn't it so we'll we'll just have to wait and see over the next few few months and years i suppose
1: Definitely. And they actually mentioned that in the kind of press release they put on the Archwell website, didn't they, about the, you know, they mentioned that they are a, a young company, but they're still, you know, aiming. Yeah, they're finding their feet. Yeah, which is good. And they kind of listed listed some examples of, you know, what, what makes up their footprint, talking about what they eat and how often they eat it, which I think is an interesting, you know, the kind of smaller day-to-day side of it, wasn't it? But they did mention their transport and the frequency of it, which well, is something that's so- obviously... Cause a lot of debate and yeah, of, and listen.
0: That, yeah. I think when when you're talking about big things like this, and there's billions needed to be invested, and you know a thousand hectares of uh, land needs to be rewilded every minute or something. Well, uh, uh, how tangible is that to the common man or woman? We, you know, people are worried about putting fuel in their car that has gone up thirty percent this year. They're worried about paying their bills. They're worried about coronavirus and their health, and so that is quite a good idea to make it more accessible to the man and woman on the street, how you can adapt your behavior, less use of plastics, less use of, you know, fossil fuels in your, uh, in your daily life, or even just not eating meat. I mean, that's what Prince Charles says. He doesn't eat meat a couple of days a week. Um, and so, you know, that is a tangible difference that, that everyone can get involved with on a, on, on quite a small level, but will make a difference.
1: And that's what I think. And you mentioned this last week, but it's, and you mentioned it when you were talking about how it works well with Charles and William. of Charles is kind of doing the big over, you know, the big projects, and then more of the earth shot was the kind of smaller day to day, isn't there? Like, oh, we've got a new, this different type of car or something that makes it, I don't know, as someone looking into it, it makes it sound less terrifying and less scary. Cause it's, like, oh, I can just, you know, swap this or the little changes that Precisely. us normal folk without billions of pounds in our bank account can.
0: Yeah, the, the ones who aren't flying up in rockets and staring down. Yes,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. Because was that potentially could have been a bit of an awkward moment, wasn't it? Because obviously Prince William, you know, kind of had a bit of a dig, didn't they, about the space race? Well, they then... is
0: They had a meeting. Prince William did essentially um say that the billionaires who are chasing this sort of new age space race, i.e. Bezos, Elon Musk, Richard Branson, they should be putting their money and their brains and talent into solving you know, the climate emergency. However, um, fair play to Bezos, creating the Bezos Earth Fund, two billion going into, it's part of a 10 billion um, programme to, to to create projects that will help to, um, is, you know, to think of ways that they can try and help out with this the climate change. So um, yeah, I, th- I think you know bezos obviously had a big platform and uh it could have been a bit awkward but um they both sort of put their differences aside they shook hands and uh and and of, and of course bezos uh fund is uh is one of the founding partners of, of earthshot as well so there's there's definitely um there's definitely no beef i think as far as uh, they're concerned, moving forward
1: good to hear Good to hear. And I think we actually didn't catch up and get an update from you on Prince Andrew last week, but there have been some more developments this week, haven't there?
0: Well, there have. And, you know, very, very interesting that uh there was a conference call, I suppose we would call it sort of a pre-trial hearing here in the UK, but it was uh because of coronavirus, it was heard remotely. Just uh, the judge and the two legal counsels for both Virginia Giffray and Prince Andrew. Now, in the last week, last Friday, Prince Andrew, really at the 11th hour of um, of being asked to file his response to the civil case that had been launched from Virginia Giffray, they have come out fighting and certainly that uh, obviously Prince Andrew has denied any involvement of uh, of the allegations that Virginia Frey, um is claiming he is responsible for. But they have sought to paint her in quite an unfavorable light, and saying that she was uh, complicit in recruiting girls for Jeffrey Epstein, that she um, procured girls for him, and that she was uh, certainly not a whiter and white character. So it's a it's a very interesting tact because they've gone very very offensive, and will that um, you know be seen? deemed favourable to a judge or jury because Prince Andrew has long denied any involvement. He has long denied any recollection of meeting Virginia Giffray. And yet now his legal team are saying uh, quite disparaging things about her character. So what we have now is um, the uh, the hearing yesterday, The, the t- a potential trial has been listed for next autumn. So... We are going to be talking about this for an awful long time to come because both sides as well said that they are going to have up to 12 witnesses on each side. So once, you know, news starts filtering out of who those witnesses are, what they potentially know, um, you know, it's, go- it's going to run and run this. And of course, we've got the Queen's Jubilee coming up just before the autumn and the big sort of um, pièce de résistance the weekend over, over the summer um is in danger of being hugely overshadowed by by more details coming out of this case. So um you yeah, know we're we're a little bit further but I, th- I really do think there's still an awful awful long way to go and certainly Virginia Gaffray's team are um are going to fight fire with fire I mentioned. So I can't see this case being thrown out. It will run and run for possibly, you know, a few years yet. So uh if you're bored of it now, you're yeah. not to be bored of <laughs> it, but but it is absolutely fascinating. It is um it's gonna be you know, the trial of the century, I suppose, if it does get to that to that level. But there's um there's plenty of uh, of further details, I fear, to uh, to come out and um, and cause more embarrassment for the royal family because it's uh, it's something that is definitely not going to go away. No, definitely. And
1: twelve did you say there's twelve witnesses each potential,
0: size. yeah that's what they said there's potential 12 witnesses each side so you've gonna you, you know it's listed it's listed for child how long would that trial go on for what, a week or two um but that's not listed in, until the autumn next year so um yeah so still an awful long way to go and i think we will see you know depends how deep it gets doesn't it because if Andrew is possibly hoping that the trial gets thrown, uh, the case gets thrown out. I don't think that will happen. And if it doesn't, then you're going to see two sides locking horns to try and outprove the other. And the thing is, with in America, um, the burden is really on Andrew to sort of prove his innocence. If you are being sued in this manner, so. He's, he's really going to have to bring out all the stops, and uh, and one of, one of the most interesting things is we could quite possibly see Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess of York, on the stand giving evidence on his behalf. So you have a situation where Fergie had been exiled from the royal family for you know for a couple of decades, and yet she now possibly would be Prince Andrew's best chance of getting off. Um, of the uh, the charges that have been leveled to him by this civil case, so uh, I think it will be fascinating on so many levels.
1: And so, when that does come about, in terms of U.S. law, what details of it will we be able to? no will it all be in the public domain like if if Fergie does give evidence will we be able to yeah get all the details of it it's the same as in the UK yeah for sure
0: you know I I mean, I don't know I'm not a lawyer uh and I'm not sort of really up to it with um the legal practices in the United States but I've always found it incredible whenever you're watching a press conference take place um, and whether it's you know the local sheriff or the FBI uh, agent standing up at a lectern talking that they want to speak to Prince Andrew, they they are investigating Jeffrey Epstein, and the amount of detail that they give in these press conferences. I mean, you, you know, you had uh, one of the former lawyers district attorney his name escapes me at the moment but he when he was standing he's been disposed of now but when he was standing on the steps of Jeffrey Epstein's mansion and talking about all the crimes that he'd been uh, accused of and Prince Andrew was being dragged into this you know if there is if there are investigations taking place then the cases are open they are active and uh it's always quite shocked to me about how much is discussed in those press conferences of active cases however um you know will it will it then be televised if there is a judge and jury will tv cameras be able to go in it's something that is very very new to us here in the uk but they've been doing for absolute years in the united states so um again i don't i don't know any of these at the moment but these are definitely some of the big questions that need to be asked moving forward
1: and so what what do we have to look forward to this week what, what do we? Well, we're nearly
0: at near the end of the week. I'm going to wrap up for for this week, but of course, we've got the big tour coming up. Um, we have um, the Duke and Dutch of Dutchie Cambridge are going to attend the Royal Variety performance. That has just flashed up literally this second in my inbox. Ooh. That is on the 18th, and uh, so we've got two I two love weeks Royal today.
1: Variety. Yeah, that'd be
0: great. There's uh, they're going to be the Royal Albert Hall. Uh, obviously, Remembrance Sunday next week, with the Queen had to pull out of the festival Remembrance service at um, at the Royal Albert Hall. But we do sincerely hope, and I'm sure she does as well, that she is uh, able to have a bit more rest and relaxation over the weekend at Sandringham, and uh, and she'll be fighting fit, ready to go and appear at Senlis Half next Sunday for, uh, for Remembrance Sunday
1: and Lady Louise's 18th birthday.
0: Yes, I remember you saying this. Yeah, yeah God. So
1: that would be nice and way, for, to... way
0: to make me feel old. I mean, God. <laughs> Crazy. Well, happy
1: birthday. When is it? Uh, Monday, I believe. I think well, it's happy the birthday. 8th,
0: happy birthday, birthday for Monday. Monday.
1: I've lost track of my days. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was lovely to catch up. Thank you for everyone for listening. Uh follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at PodSave. And until next time.
0: Podsave the Queen!